What's going on, Misfits? Another week, another episode. That's right, two weeks in a row because I got my life together. Yes. This week, we are joined by comedian, writer, and actress Marie Faustine, who has a very funny story about being picked up in a bar in New Orleans by a married couple who tried to like sneak in the fact that they wanted to have a threesome. Mm-hmm. Imagine being that sexy that people just want to uh, convince you that you need to be with them that night. Okay. We're also talking about family, of course, it's something that always comes up, and how to get people to be comfortable around you without telling them none of your business. I mean, Marie has got it on lock when it comes to that. Also, have you joined my mailing list yet? I mean, you really should because there's a lot of things that I want to share with you guys, but you got to get on the mailing list so you find out how to find me. Come on now. You're listening to Social Misfit. Gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Social Misfit with me, your host, Chloe Hilliard, on location on someone else's couch. <laughs> I give it up for today's guest, Miss Marie Faustine. Hi. Comedian, actress, Brooklyn girl extraordinaire. Yes, I do what I can. I I'm love... like Nola Darling, but like without the penis. Do you do you want to briefly talk about how much we both hate it? She's going to have it. I didn't hate it. I just hated the last episode. You okay. hated the whole thing. I hated a lot of the spikely tropes throughout. Okay. There was a lot of things that I just felt like it was too, like way too heavy handed in certain aspects that didn't really pay off. A lot of forced social commentary. And then you followed up with like super silly like dialogue. You know, I just felt like it was very like preachy. Okay. And yes. also, you know, written by people who the shit is dated. Like a lot of the slang that they were using was super dated. Um, and I really feel like an old 70 year old man should not be writing for a 27 year old black woman's character. Yeah. I mean, I could get with that, but like there are things about the show that I liked. Like I used to live in Fort green. Yeah. So I just, I liked all the, Oh, it looked men. great. I liked the music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I liked that it was, you know, black folks doing things, mm -hmm. but like, I just, she didn't have any money. She spent $500 on a dress that she, ended up that she cut, cut up. up. Yeah. And it was like, it, it was too much. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, yeah. A lot of, the, a lot of little things that di just didn't have a big enough payoff. Yeah. And I felt like her, we never really got the full reason of her conflict as to why she was letting like sleeping with these three men right but she didn't want to commit to any of them yeah, but they were all in love with her yeah one of them was married mm -hmm. one is married one was a playboy and the other one was yeah but like, the playboy also was giving, like super metrosexual and it was like they're so different the guys that she was interested i mean in. i liked the fact i liked when she when the the metrosexual playboy when he took her out even though he took her to a place where he had fucked everybody yeah but it was like a little little moment of sincerity where he was right. like i feel like i feel like you hurt and let me help you i want to take you out so there was there was little glimpses of like you know what it is if i was younger right mm -hmm. if i was like college age or in my 20s i probably would have watched it and it would have been like my sex in the city like it would have been like oh this is how i believe life in new in brooklyn new york for artists oh are. yeah for it, sure if it would have been like a fantasy something i would like aspire i would aspire to have three men fucking me on a weekly basis and making art and doing cute shit like that you know what i mean but hashtag goals realistically it was just like but what what's the why i think i operate in a place of what is the why okay why is she broken let's get into that i mean right because our parents were still together parents, the dad yeah. they were in her life yeah there was no point of reference as to what made her believe that she had to tackle her dating life this way it was interesting yeah but that last episode was garbage the, oh so bad i did a, a instagram story about it i was infuriated oh my god well because when we start Mars is there and you're like, oh, she chose him for Thanksgiving. That's yeah. cool. And then the other dude shows up and you're like, wait, it's about to be some drama. And then it's like, oh, uh, no, no drama. They dancing now. They're dancing. Yeah. And if you see the movie, I mean, we're not spoiling. If you've seen the movie, I would say watch the movie first and then watch the series. I watched the movie after. Okay. And I was like, oh, my God. What did you think? So did you like the movie more or the series? More? No, I didn't like the movie. Yeah. I didn't like the movie at all. Mm hmm. And it was like, you know, it's basically the same exact thing. Yeah. But like, 
I'm like, is he raping her? Like, it was just, it was a lie. Yeah, it was he like, definitely was raping her. Yeah. A bit, but that was a rape scene. I was like, dude. That was a rape scene. It was too much. And then she's like, I'm ready to commit. And it was like, but see, that's what I'm saying. I feel like it's hard because being a woman, especially being a black woman, to have somebody tell your story that is not connected to a female experience, especially in today's age of all the sexual assault and, you know, just like depiction of women of women of it color. It came out yeah. like right. Yeah. So it's just like you need to have a little bit more feminine energy. And it's yeah, not but Spike Lee's not writing that show by himself. Let me tell you something. Wasn't nothing getting on that page that Spike Lee wasn't approving. <laughs> and he probably was changing a bunch of shit. He wrote a couple of the episodes. He directed every single one. Trust and believe he had to say because it, it's his magnet. It's, it's his opus. He made the film. Yeah. So he's going to stay as true. He stayed as true as he could to that film. He did. And he so, did. you know, he had a lot to say. That whole fucking montage. At the, About the, gentrification? Yeah. And the, 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 the cemetery like there's no fucking way a 27 year old woman is going to a cemetery and putting roses also, on but, all these old niggas graves but this thing for me when that was happening was i was like how would she know where they're buried like yeah is there a map of dead famous black folks no because i was like it didn't even it wasn't even the same cemetery at some point it was like dude like you just know but that's what i'm saying because you're he's romanticizing what he would have done it, it Spike Lee's the best. Oh, let's just get into your social media. We see Spike. Hi. Sydney. I mean, I keep saying Sydney. So Sydney's my sister in Christ. Closure. I just taped Sydney and Marie's podcast. So that's why Sydney came to mind. Mm-hmm. But I'm here with Marie. Yes. So Marie, can you please read us your social media post? Uh, yes. <clears throat> I'm at some messy after hour spot. This couple tried to trick me into a three-way girl hashtag nolans <laughs> okay so how um, paint the picture were, we, okay. were you by yourself at this? let me let me tell you what happened so i was in new orleans a couple weeks ago right vacationing uh i was down there doing some shows my friend is shooting a pilot down there so mm-hmm. i went down there to like so business and pleasure like do some like stuff with that and then yeah like i was down there drinking like more than I have since college. Mm. Cause you know, that's one of those like open carry, like yeah. you can walk with your drink in your hand. Um, so I was drinking and eating and just like out every night of the week. So I was there for five days. I did five shows. Mm-hmm. Right. And they love comedy down there. And so when I was getting ready to go down there, I like messaged a couple people, I messaged this like black comedy group of girls mm. and they all showed up to watch me perform on this particular night. Oh, right? wow. You know, just like to scope me out, see what I was doing, see what I was talking about. And they're comics themselves. Yeah. Oh, dope. Right. So, But they have like a black girl collective down there, mm. right? So one of the girls that was with them was talking to me and we were all outside like uh, like drinking and in the courtyard or whatever. And the girl, somebody was like, oh, I want to smoke some weed. And the lady was like, oh, I got weed at the house. Mm. And I was like, oh, cool. I was like, I could probably smoke, smoke right now too. And she was like, so come with me to the house. My husband will drive us and then we'll come back. And everybody was like, like everybody was starting giving each other the side eye. Ah. And I was like, wait, what? And she's like, yeah, my husband doesn't drink. So we're just going to get it and come right back. So why don't you and your husband just go? And then come back. Yeah. Right. Also, like I'm not jumping in a car with a strange couple yeah. Yeah. in a strange city that mm-hmm. I've never been in before. It was like, sis, like I, I'm, I'm not going to go with y'all. So I was like, no, I'm, I'm cool. We went to another bar, walked to like a karaoke place two doors down. She follows us. She's not a part of the group. I thought she was part of the group. Oh. Right? Because she was with all the black girl yeah. comics. So I thought she was a comic. And so we go to the bar. She's like, what are you drinking? I'm getting you a drink. And I'm like, something is up. But I'm not going to just like let her bring me a drink back. I'm going to go to the bar. I was thirsty and I didn't want to pay for the drink. <laughs> so I was like, yes, yes, a vodka ginger. So I'm yeah. at the bar watching everything being poured. This other guy comes over. He's like, hey, I see you met Tess. Your Tess is type. Tess being this woman. Wait, so you don't even know this man? No. This man comes over. Oh. Some random other man. A black man who had seen me perform. He was like, yeah. oh, I heard you were really funny. I see you met Tess. Your Tess is type. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, what? Tess is like, oh, I just wanted to make out with you a little bit. They're and per- I was like, wait, so you and your husband were trying to do a little threesome because I'm your type? She's like, I just, you know, I wanted to see how far. I was like, oh, hell no. 
First of all, right? there's no such thing as make out a little bit. Make out a little, little bit. What are we, 12? But also, like, I'm jumping, you, but I don't even, I'm like, well, where do you even live to yeah. say, come to the house, we'll come right back 30 minutes away? You thought I was going to jump in your car and then just go 30 minutes away and then wish that y'all was going to drop me back off? Yeah, yeah. That's, was she drunk? She was a little bit drunk. But that's, this is apparently, because the next day, I saw a bunch of the Black Girl Collective people mm-hmm. i was like i thought she was a comic they were like no we just met her x amount of days ago mm-hmm. she hosts something in the city with her husband or whatever mm-hmm. i'm like and y'all was just gonna let me go with her they were like well people come to new orleans to get their freak on like we thought that you might be into that so we didn't want to ran on your parade and it was like but y'all don't even know her you, they, you don't know me, me either but like you don't know her and you were gonna let me go with her first of all she went about it all wrong Okay, she did, did. because you don't tr- you're not going to trick nobody into no threesome. Dude. If you an adult and you do this and you're married, you and your spouse both have to actively and honestly approach somebody and say, me and my husband are interested. Would you like to it join us? It was wild. I was like, oh, I just wanted to make out with you a little bit. Wait, wait. So she, so she wasn't even going to tell you her intention until this other no, dude busted her. No, exactly. And where was her husband at when? He was like hovering in the background always. Like kind of, He was like some like dirty looking white man. And she was like, you did not say that. Long, stringy, greasy, brown hair. And she was black. And she was black. Ooh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, he was just always kind of just like hovering a little bit close because he was like her he, he he knew it was shark week and she was out there on mm-hmm. the hunt and he just was there to drop her and yep. her victim back home yep she was like oh he can drop us off he doesn't drink it's fine i was like what? and he's he's the designated driver for the threesome so after she got busted what did she do did she stay out with y'all or did she leave so i left oh, okay. i went back to the original bar that i had started at because i was like she wasn't going to stop. Mm-hmm. And like, I wasn't like, I didn't go down there to like get into any trouble. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to like fight somebody. I'm not trying to argue with like these people might not in my mind, they all knew each other. So mm-hmm. I was like, they going to back her and they're not going to back me. They were going to let me leave with her. Yeah. So I just left. I went back to the other bar and stayed out till like four o'clock in the morning. By yourself? No, I was, I was hanging out with the bartender from the first place. <laughs> was like uh sir he was like well he was like i we we didn't want to rain on your parade or whatever like maybe that was your type and i was wow. like wow so everybody knows everybody tess. knew that about tess and now everybody listening does too damn tess you fucking up <laughs> yeah you shouldn't you know what you shouldn't have to trick this listen we about to embark on a whole nother free love movement there's a lot of feminine energy about to come into this space you don't have to trick nobody into no threesome it was wild that's dude. everything should be done from people's own free will and that yeah. is not how you do it. if you're out there listening thinking about how you gonna snatch you some puss in the bar don't <laughs> do it that that is not the way that yeah, is not dude, the way to do it i mean it. i would have said no either way but like still like let me say no don't like trick me into saying yes because i'm in your car what you know what's so interesting though because when you think about all that's happening with the sexual allegations Mm -hmm. that a group of women will go and just let you figure it out yeah and so we you know we thought and so but what is it why do you why do you think that is like why do you think women are not in a position because if it was me i'd be like sis I don't put you to the side and be like, listen, this is her thing. I don't know. I know you just got down here. Right. But that to me makes more sense. This is her thing. I know you just got here, Mm -hmm. but dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Like, do you know what's about to happen or what could possibly happen? But like they. So how did you look at that group of women after that night? Oh, I was judged. Everybody. I left. That's why I left. I was like, after that dude came over and was like, oh, you know, you're Tess's type. He didn't even hadn't even seen what really was going on, mm-hmm. and he still said he said that. Yeah. And then I was like, "Oh, cool." Still took the drink, took the vodka soda, and left. Yeah, I think that's interesting that he told you, but I don't think he told you in a way to like inform you. I think he told you in a way like on some like kinky shit. You know what I'm like? Like you know what I'm saying? Like a yeah. guy. A guy was like, "Oh, okay, all right. Well, you know." All right, go ahead and get that lesbian love popping. I think he said it like that versus being like, this is a dangerous situation. Right. 
Yeah. No, I don't think he. But he. I he exactly. Didn't re- I agree. He didn't realize that he was informing you. He thought he was just being like, "Oh, I know what's about to go down." Whereas that group of women didn't say anything. Nobody, like, not one of them was like, "Psst, sis." Da da da. But I've been in situations where I've seen it happen when a man is approaching a woman super hard like that, and a woman kind of maybe like a little clueless as to his true intentions, thinking like, "Oh yeah, he said that he's just gonna drop me to get something to eat," and you know that he's a predator. And I've seen women be like, "Okay, well I guess is she gonna figure it out?" Oh, you know what I mean? Like, cause I I think I think a lot of times people and we can't afford to do that anymore. Where people are like, "Well, it's not my business." Yeah if that's what she want to do that because i've been in bars when i've seen a girl be sloppy drunk and get carried out by men and i would stop them and be like do y'all know her yeah are these your friends yeah and they would be like no 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 this is like we came together this and i'm like and i'll wake her up and be like nah sis wake up like do you know them and she's like no 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 i know them oh and then dude. i'll feel like okay with it and then even after that i would stand i stood out the bar and watched them with her to see how they interact with if they her. actually really knew her and they knew her and you know one guy was like why like stop like why'd you get so drunk like they were like angry like why'd you get so uh, drunk yeah, you know yeah, so yeah, it was yeah. like okay yeah but i clearly. think that says more about you as a person than like other women you know what i mean i know but we got i got i'm trying to figure out why women are more inclined to let another woman be i think it depends on the type of woman i think like a younger chick might be less inclined to say something but like an older group of women might be like like I in my mind maybe because I'm thinking more like moms and like people yeah. in like their like 40s and stuff but I just oh, I don't yeah. know people I love a mothers good, I love a good old black woman telling you to get your life together oh <laughs> uh, I was walking downtown Brooklyn one day and this woman had her little kid and the kid's coat was like wide open and it was cold outside and and I you know how you see a black woman about to say something and I was like oh I can't wait and this woman with her little kid the coat all open no hat on and this other black woman was walking towards him mm-hmm. she had a cane and you just see her face being like, uh-uh. And she literally went to the She was like, Cole says clothes. Where's his hat at? Where's his gloves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, and the mom was like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. And I was like, that's what you get? Yeah. You need a, a good sister girl moment, somebody to let mm-hmm. you know you fucking up. Also, like, it's cold outside. You're cold. How do you think it's cutting through this little person's body? But you know, I'm convinced that um, being able to tolerate cold weather is a is a trait that you learn as a kid i feel like if you expose to cold it becomes normal because mm. i'm telling you i'll be seeing white people with their kids out with no gloves no hat on and it'd be like 40 something 50 like 40 like cool enough or even colder than that and you just be like what and then you see like a little spanish kid with like that door to explore a felt blanket wrapped around them <laughs> no in you, my experience spanish people don't get cold i mean uh, they don't they just be warm always they no them kids if you look in them strollers them blankets be thick as shit <laughs> it'd be them blankets you see on the side of the road going yeah for, but chloe you're from new york you're telling me that you don't the cold don't affect you um i'm born and raised in new york and i hate the cold i hate the cold but i'm always all right so past probably november mm-hmm. 15th mm-hmm I'm double layered every day. Every single day, I got on leggings and I got on knee high, damn near knee high socks on top of the leggings. Mm-hmm. And then I put on whatever pair of pants I have on. Mm-hmm. Then I have a tank top at all times and mm-hmm. a sweater and whatever I wear. So I'm always double layered. I don't want to be cold. I don't like being cold. It is not my thing. And I hate when I walk down the street and I can hear people having their AC on in the wintertime. <laughs> and i'm like what is going on in your life that you got the ac on well i mean you know these apartments be really high you turn your ac on in the winter time no i just leave my windows open leave it cracked a little bit my windows are open like four inches in my room really both windows it gets that hot no i just i also i like circulation i i can't have my windows in my room have never been closed the entire time i've lived in this apartment they're always open oh no oh no yeah are there screens on the window yeah oh i can't <laughs> that's too much oh when they like uh past november 15th my windows are locked because you're that cold just i don't want no breeze i don't want no chill i need i can't go to sleep if i'm too hot the the window in my bedroom is locked <laughs> i don't even know if there's locks on my windows there's locks. i'm looking at these locks on your windows i'm talking about in my room there's i might locks. have knocked him de- knocked him right off locked. i just like being i like being cold when i'm in my bed 
Yeah, and so you're the type that like roll up in blankets. Roll up a blanket. Do you stick one foot out just to make sure your body temperature is cold enough to keep no, I to don't. be warm? I don't Ooh. do that. What is it about that? What is it about that sticking that foot out that I don't stick the foot out. But I'm saying you ever been hot and you stick the foot out and all of a sudden your body temperature is fine? No. If I'm really hot, my like I'm, I gotta uncover like my the top you of my cover body. your face? No, like I just like I'll be like E. T. You, you know, in the basket. Yeah. I'll take it. Oh, yeah. Wait. So, what about when you have a man in the bed? How you you still doing that? Do I do? Wait. You still- when I have a listen, if I'm in the bed with a man, I don't want him to touch me. Like when we sleep, I don't want to be touched at all. Because then I'm too hot. Like I feel like their body temperature brings up my body. So, temperature. how do you romantically say, "Don't touch me"? Oh, I just scooch my butt out. <laughs> so you so you put you put you put the, your butt in their hip. Like you, your butt is a barrier. No, I just like if we're spooning, I'll just separate. I'll I will just roll off. Mm. Like if there's like an arm around me, I'll just move that arm. All right. So I've been in situations where like the person's body heat is really really hot, mm-hmm. and at first, see, I'll, I'll I concede. I'll do like a little a little snuggle, a little snuggle at first while we're still awake and a little chit chat. And you know how you talk and you start to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And when I feel myself about to really fall asleep, I be like, "Good night," and then I roll over and I go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but how do you even know? Like. When you're just about to fall asleep. You know, because if you're talking and you're just like, mm-hmm, yeah, oh, okay. When you feel that little lag in your response time. Yeah, but if you feel that lag, that means you are, like, for me, I feel like that means it's already too late. No, no, no. It's like, I'm I'm saying, like, the conversation's over. And I've said, I'm, I'm, I'm done talking. And then I'll just go to sleep. You, you know. just gotta let niggas know. You gotta talk to niggas crazy. You do. <laughs> Every once in a while, just tell them what it is. I mean, that's not crazy though. That's just you know. I know, but some people could see that they will be like, "Oh, that's rude." Like, that oh rude yeah. Well, then I'm rude. I, I'm cool being rude. Yeah. I've said stuff like that. I've said more hurtful things than that. Wait. So when it comes to the threesome, was that your first time being proposition for a threesome? I don't think it was, honestly. And since then, I feel like it's happened to me again. Wait, but see, no, 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 no. It definitely was a threesome because if she was going to take you back to her house. No, 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 no. That was definitely a threesome. I'm saying I feel like other people have approached me before that. And since then, then I'm like, was that maybe them trying to test, like feel me out a little bit to see if I would be into that? If a woman is hitting on you and she has a boyfriend or a man with her, it's going to be some threesome action. I did a show in Pennsylvania last Friday, this past Friday, this couple comes over, tall white man, short white woman. We're going to come over here and uh, sit next to you for a little bit. Husband says that. I'm like, okay. He's asking me a crap ton of questions. The wife is not asking me anything. Mm-hmm. I'm answering all the questions looking directly at her, mm-hmm. right? He's like, he's, they're talking to me about my career or whatever as a comic. And they were like, oh, we found you on Facebook. And I was and I don't remember. I think the wife might have said that. We found, we already looked you up on Facebook. And so everything I'm saying, they're like, oh, we already know. And I'm like, did you look the other performers up? And they were like, no. And I was like, this is on hand on me right now. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what is this? Like, what, what in this and what you've seen on my Facebook did they made you think? You, did they ask you uh, how long you were in town for and where you were staying? They asked me how long I was in town for. Because mm-hmm. they were like, tomorrow we're doing blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I'm leaving tomorrow morning. So, bye. Yeah, they were trying to scope you out. I'm telling you. So, no, that's not the first time. The three, the threesome in New Orleans, like, stuff maybe not as blatant as what happened with the couple mm-hmm. is what ha- has happened to me before. Would you have a threesome? Not with them. Not with any of the people who hit me up. Would I have a threesome? <laughs> Probably. I feel like you ought to try it at least one time. Yeah, I would say yeah, you should try it. If you if you're open, unless you're like super religion, I would say try it once. <laughs> Someone's coughing in the background. Are you are you telling on yourself that you? Sydney's had three. That's Sydney in the back, uh, slurping soup, slurping it like there's <laughs> a straw attached to the spoon. <laughs> and if you don't know, um, Sydney's been a guest on the show, so look up her episode when she talked about something. I don't. Did remember. she talk about threesomes? No, we didn't talk about threesomes. It was a while ago, like when I first started. But yeah, she was on it, so she can be quiet in the back <laughs> <laughs> so how do you manage dating what is your dating life like i have been in one relationship mm-hmm. i had one boyfriend 
three years ago for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, so haven't dated the entire time. Yeah. But decided I'm gonna be a hoe in 2018. So I'm back in the game. Okay, so let me let me be your hoe coach. Oh, my hoach? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will lead you the the, uh, the right way. Okay. Unlike fucking whack-ass Molly and Insecure. Oh, who dude. Was a everything terrible about, hoe coach. Everything about what they were doing yeah. was bad. Terrible hoe coach. Terrible But Issa coach. also wasn't really trying to be told what to do. She, was she banged the neighbor from downstairs, the little boy downstairs? I, I was like, you not serious. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm, that's another show that left me puzzled. I hate I felt, all of the main I felt like, I felt like it was written by people who weren't fucking. I feel like some of the language is written by people who clearly don't say the word nigga. Because the way that they use that word, it's like, why did you use it in that part of the sentence? Yeah. Like they just, it sounds weird coming but out I mean, if it, all I of mean, their mouths. It may be like a Cali thing though. So I'll, I'll let them have that. But I do think that when the way that they approach sex and intimacy is, is I feel like it's written by people who aren't sexually free. So it comes across. Well, a Molly, stilted. I don't know if she does any writing for the show, but she's no, no, she's her character stilted. doesn't. She's a virgin. She's, she's a virgin. I mean, yeah. Yeah. The woman that plays Molly is a virgin. She's so a she, 32, 33, no, year old 34, virgin. 34 year old virgin. God bless her. I mean, you know, I to mean. each their own. Honestly, um, I mean. So yeah. So what is your goals for being? Oh, a, for my hope for okay. But for I wouldn't even say hope. Just being a sexually liberated woman, because that's really what it sexually is. Sexually liberated. Ho I just has wanna a, have. Yeah, hoe is has I'm a just negative saying hoe because I've decided I'm gonna call it my ho centennial 2018. Okay. So it just sexually free tennial 2018. It don't roll mm-hmm. off the tongue the same as ho centennial. Mm-hmm. So that uh, I don't know, just get like a couple people like in rotation, mm-hmm. like solid dudes in the mix. Three, three, three is a magical number. I've, I just I decided three because also she's got to have it, and I was like, do I need a fourth? No, she no, had no. that girlfriend, and I was like, mm, I think I only need three. No, you need three, and um, and you have the main person, the main one that you probably see every week, the one person that you may see like every four to six weeks, and the one that's like super busy but pops in and then you know sp- very sporadically mm. oh see that's not how i was gonna do it but i feel like i feel like maybe that makes sense yeah right? i mean because one one person's always going to be way more consistent than the other two right um and the person that's consistent you probably will have the most clearest understanding of like this is literally what it is yeah we're not going out we're not shopping we're not like kicking it kiki we're not on each other's social media don't follow any of them on social media don't, <laughs> don't allow follow them. Any seriously of them. don't follow any of them on social media don't allow them to follow you on social media um i wouldn't tell them like if they if they know you're a comic i wouldn't like fill them in on like what your schedule is and all that shit because they try to like keep tabs these are like i feel like i should be writing these down you can just listen to it and write it down yeah you know what i'm gonna do that um i think also you just have to be very clear about what your time is and what time you're willing to give up Mm. so Mm -hmm. it's literally it should be a text like hey what's up which is i'm free tonight you want company you know also if you're just fucking you really can't be planning out the fucks too far in advance because then that's, mm. that comes across as being a commitment yes like and mentally in your mind like okay i know next week i want to fuck guy a but you can't put a pussy appointment that far in, in advance mm. because it mm-hmm. it feels confining to men and they be like well what is why she trying to lock me in i don't know if i'm gonna be free tuesday so literally it's best to be like 24 hour notice 24 hour notice like are you free tonight and and then they'll say no i'm not free tonight but i'm free tomorrow i'm free saturday then that's an appointment loose yeah you got to be very flexible i like that yeah but three is a magical number because one of them is always gonna fuck up and then you'll at least have two yeah that third one will try to bring themselves back around or maybe you just have to cut them out altogether but three is is like chloe what can we talk about your whole experience what about it what you know what I um when I was in my early twenties, mm-hmm. so from twenty to twenty one, mm-hmm. yes, from twenty to twenty one, I was a senior in college and I was celibate. I had made a bet. That's the best way to do it. <laughs> I made a bet that I was going to be celibate for a full year with a guy friend of mine, and the reason why I was willing to do that was because before that year, from like eighteen 
from like 18 to 20, I was in a really dysfunctional situationship with a guy Mm -hmm. that was really, really negative. And he kind of like manipulated me like he, he he like made me feel guilty so that I wouldn't like stop talking to him you know like how like well you said you wanted this and I you know like just kind of like putting on me and I was young and I really liked him a lot and he mm-hmm. he and I met in high school so I, I was like he was a guy that I always kind of wanted to be with yeah and so he knew that so he manipulated my emotions and it made me feel guilty whenever I wanted to like leave him or mm. walk away we were never officially together but he definitely monopolized a lot of my time and so when I finally broke free of him I was like I just need to cleanse myself Mm -hmm. you know I didn't have the language so I wasn't saying cleanse but I was like I need a break I need a break I need a break I need a break and so my friend was like well why don't you just be celibate for like a year and I was like all right and he was like I don't think you could do it I was like I could do it and that's the best way to get me to do something to tell him you don't think I could do it ah and so I don't think you'll give me (laughs) $38 and so I did it and I was celibate and then when that year ended actually I lost by like four days but I think because I ended up 361 huh uh my birthday is December 28th so really like three days so I had a birthday party my friends threw me a surprise birthday party because I turned 21 and you know the drinks was flowing the jello shots was popping I had a nice little maybe it was a little jungle juice a little halt I had a halter uh cat suit on right you know Mm -hmm. my 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 hair was I had a Caesar my 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 waves was spinning (laughs) and um I need to see a picture of this (laughs) (laughs) and my friends invited some um like they like invited like a couple groups of guy friends that Mm -hmm. we knew so it was like and it was like you know and I was like oh you're looking good you know you know everybody was tipsy and my friend her dorm room was like nearby and then mm-hmm. we had a little after party and I got it in mm-hmm. I mean I got it all the way in all the way in and so then I was like why why haven't I been doing this why haven't I been having fun <laughs> and then you know also you have to tell yourself like there's nothing to be ashamed of it being a woman that's like wants to you know be a sex positive have sex positive experiences. And I think a lot of times we are taught as women to like be shameful, especially when you're young. Like yeah. you don't want to be fucking about. I mean, that many times me and my girlfriend used to have the conversations like, well, I want to make sure that I have less than 10 people that I slept with by the yeah. time I'm married. I don't want to have to count past 10 fingers. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah. I just started getting it in. And in my twenties, I, um, after I graduated college, I met a guy and we had a like seven year like sexual relationship. Yeah, we were never seven year sexual relationship. We were never together. That is some Carrie Bradshaw types. That is some big and Kelly. Right? It, Carrie right it definitely was. Definitely was. Um, and then after that, I kind of was like, I just needed like Cleanse. chill out. Yeah. Cleanse again. You know, so I have these cycles of, you know, being like very intimate with somebody on a one on one situation and then like taking a break and then yeah. like just dating and having fun. So I think everybody should do it. I think that you don't know what you don't like until you try it. And I don't mean like go out there and like, you know, put your pussy on a corner, but I feel like <laughs> have experiences that help shape and identify what your, what your likes and dislikes are. Mm-hmm. Cause if you end up being the type to want to get married or be in a committed relationship, you want to be able to tell your partner, pull my hair, choke me, tie me up, do this, like this mm-hmm. finger in a butt. Like, you shouldn't be ashamed especially since when you know if you're gonna be with the same person and you want to be monogamous you don't want to be bored yeah so do a girl how it up how it up yeah how it up have fun i mean i feel like it's gonna be i mean just in general i feel like 2018 is gonna be a, a cute year be unapologetic though and let them know this is where i'm at right now and and the trick is you have to make sure that you don't catch feelings because mm-hmm. a lot of times women go in, that's why men don't trust women they think that they don't trust women because even if you say no nah, i'm just really here for the dick they be like that's what you're saying but give it time <laughs> give it time. plenty of men that are like same thing like no i'm not looking for nothing serious blah 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 and then mm-hmm. like uh so if i don't call you you're not gonna call me we we not gonna yeah. speak yeah yeah but even then that's not necessarily because they want a relationship they just want to know that they're still desired you get what i'm saying yeah, but maybe catching feelings. Yeah. They, men are yeah. just as emotional as females. Oh, men are even more so. They're yeah. just better at hiding it. And that's why a lot of times they be looking at us crazy like, oh, I know you're emotional. They want us to be emotional so that they don't have to be emotional. Yes. 
boom yeah but Chloe, yeah. are you the smartest person that i know this is crazy. <sighs> that's probably the name of my book um <laughs> <laughs> but so how are you going to approach it what are, what are you doing differently to get your stable um up? i think i'm just going to be more open mm-hmm. to uh, not shutting down a situation so fast. Which you're very good at. Which I am so good at. I'm so good at. No, thanks. But why? Uh, I don't know. But the dude that I dated for those all those years mm-hmm. would call me closed. He was like, you always say no to stuff before you say yes. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, do I? I? I say no to stuff that's like, I don't see value in me doing it. Or I don't think it's going to be pleasurable to me. Or like, I just don't have time. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't say no because I, I don't say no because I don't want to experience new things. I just say no because I'm like, is that, is that worth it for me? No. Is that going to help me in some way? No. But you don't. Do I feel like moving? Always know no. that. No, that's true. But I'm, I'm trying to be like, you know, I'm trying to be more yes yeah. next year. Yeah. You right? should read Shonda Rhimes book, The Year of Yes. I just got the book. Yeah. I just got the book. Um, I like telling people, I like telling people no when I feel like it's something that is going to infringe upon my personal thing. You know what I mean? Like if I feel like people are trying to take something from me, Mm -hmm. I'll say no. If if someone's asking something of me that I don't want to compromise on, I'll say no. But if it's an experience that could be positive or neutral, then I'll say yes because it's the, I mean, I've said yes to shows. I've said yes to things experiences that i've kind of like ah but then i end up taking something away from it yeah but i'm trying to say yes to more experiences in general next year also right like i want to travel more Mm -hmm. and i'm planning on traveling more Uh, i'll be in la for about a month Mm -hmm. Uh, i think i'm gonna be in italy with mateo at some point oh nice like and i'm gonna be in italy so like that could be like a random like oh look that that's one of the bodies you know they love Mm-hmm. this is what i keep hearing there's a show there's a show i can't remember what it's called but actually i was asked to do it and i told him no <laughs> um it was uh i think it was like four or five black women who are single go to italy to find love oh my god where was i that i randomly saw a clip of this it's, it's this on bravo weekend. it's a show on bravo yeah but i was oh you know what i think at the hotel that i was staying at like i saw a commercial or something yeah. for that it's for bravo and i can't remember what it's called but the they woman, asked you to do the show. They asked me to do the show, and I and I'm never. I would never do a dating show. I would never do it. First of all, I would never really do a reality show. Um, I no. I just need to say I would never do a reality show. I work like, in reality not even television. Like a semi. I mean, it's they're all semi scripted. I've written for reality shows, so I know what goes into it, and I know how. If put it like this, I would never do a reality show unless I was an EP on the show mm-hmm. and I had some say and control in the editing process Okay, because they definitely change things a lot and you end up looking crazy. Yeah. So I would never do it unless I was in control of it. Mm-hmm. But I also would never, I would never do a dating show because I feel like you got to think about it when, if I was a regular girl, mm-hmm. woman who didn't have entertainment aspirations or wasn't already in this career. Yeah. Then I could do something because I would just go back to a nondescript life. Okay. Or I would use that as a platform to become like, you know, New York Tiffany Pollard. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, either yeah, you yeah, do, yeah. either you do a little dating show and you fade off into obscurity or you use it as a catalyst and then you have to be that person forever. Right. Cause she's still New York. She's very, I just worked with her. She's very much that person. She is a professional reality TV star. Yeah. She's been on TV for the last 10 years, almost 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, she, but she does it for real. Like she, she did. I worked on Scared Famous with her for VH1. Mm-hmm. Then she's going to tape Big Brother UK like now, and then she like that's all she does. That's all she does, and she's good, and she knows exactly what you want from her. She like eighty percent of what you see is her knowing the business. Like, mm-hmm. so she's not just out of control to be out of control. She's like, I'm making good. TV. She's calculatedly in, out of control. Super, super. It's crazy to see crazy to see right because um, did you have any actual conversations with her like real like oh she's not that crazy no she's all i mean she's always on but then she's super on like she's on like pleasant very nice she's not nasty she's not mean at all mm-hmm. at all um she could be a little devious but it's like when it comes to like hair and makeup you know like okay i want to look like this whatever but attitude wise she's not she's not the type to say i'm not doing like she's not the type of, like i'm not doing that she's not like that she's oh. like she's like what do you need me to do oh, okay oh uh, 
So, but that's because she knows yeah. that's her livelihood, yeah. you know? You can't bite the hand that's putting you on reality TV. No. Like, she's been on, like, six yeah. shows, maybe more. Yeah. And she got the little spinoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, she that's what she does. So, I wouldn't do reality TV and, you know, I wouldn't do dating-wise. And also, this is so crazy because when I started doing comedy, I was very mindful about what I wanted my public persona to be. Mm-hmm. And more so about like the look and feel of who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. Cause the way people meet you is how they will always see you. So you are known for your big hair Mm -hmm. and whenever you don't have your big hair, people are like, Oh, Oh yeah. Let two days for the last two days. So it's like, Oh, I'll be like, Hey guys. And they're like, Oh, oh yeah i'm like it's marie wow yeah i didn't even i think you had heels on the last time i saw you i'm like that's a lie because i've never you've never yeah so until until you become like a household name yeah people look they look for it's a trained eye they look for that thing that it's like oh that's that person so mm-hmm. like when you see celebrities whenever they come out like how long Halle Berry has short hair forever yeah and then when she grew her hair out people was like what yeah ah, okay but that's because I mean, she she's been doing better it with, without the hair that's because she's been you but know. she looks good with hair too yeah except for that wig she wore the oscars oh that that dr seuss hair Ooh, that that redfish bluefish i feel like you should fire everybody on your team it was like crooked and it was like hallie we just take it off it was too heavy it was too, a lot of hair a big big ringlets and it looked like it was like lopsided yeah like somebody just was like you know what maybe when she stepped out of her car it got it caught shifted. on that little coat hook thing yeah <laughs> maybe it shifted a little bit yeah <laughs> so how did you get into comedy because i feel like i don't even know how i met you i don't remember meeting you i also don't remember how i met you um uh, i was like i looked up and it was like all the black girls yeah um how did i meet you i don't remember how did i get into comedy people have always told me that i was funny mm-hmm. like always like from when I was a little kid, like all through high school. The first person to tell me I should be a comic, though, was my guidance counselor in high school. Really? Oh, yes. I was like, I don't think that you're doing this the right I way. I know, right? That is so weird. I've never heard of like, oh, you know what? I'll take that back. I have heard people tell me that they're guidance counselor, but it's more. it was more like a social worker type of situation. Like, you kind of uh, not fit for work, so go No, I was a good student. I like, I had good grades. I know, I that's what good- I'm saying. I think that's so interesting she would pull me out of class and they would lock the office doors and girl you sound that sound like a lawsuit she pulled me out of class and i would just like tell stories to like the principal the vice principal all the secretaries girl all the that counselors. sounds crazy it was i but i liked it because i was like i don't gotta go to class what school it was a school on long island oh. so they just were like bye and i because i i had good grades and i would basically be doing stand-up for these people for like a couple minutes like every couple weeks and i didn't even realize that's what i was doing wow and have any of them come to your show no uh but hey miss bogan she (laughs) listens to the podcast she likes smart black people you should um you should reach out to them and invite them to a show i should i should right why would you not i don't know i just in my mind i've always thought I'm not going to write her to nothing, but I'm just going to thank her in my Oscar speech. You know what I mean? This is for you, Miss Bogan. Remember when you told me, you know, after I thank God. Okay. <laughs> just invite them to a show. <laughs> I don't thank God and like my mom. Uh, but uh, yeah, I. Uh, so then you graduated school. Graduated from school. Kind of ignored it. But like I was traveling. Like I was in Cancun. Oh, you're so funny. You should be a comedian. I was in Miami. Oh, you're so funny. You should be a comedian. You were working or just. I would like, I was on vacation uh-huh. with my friends and stuff. And people said it all through college. And finally I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it before I turn 30 or something like that. I picked a number. What, um, what did you study in college? Uh, I went in as a marketing major, <laughs> changed it a couple of times. I got uh, my bachelor's in PR and journalism. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. But I don't do nothing with it. You never did anything with it? Nope okay sure didn't <laughs> i like i interned at a couple places for pr but like never did yeah anything with the job wise mm-hmm. which i'm sure my parents are super proud of me for yeah well i mean they're happy now because i'm making money with comedy mm-hmm. so like so like, did okay. you do the open mic thing like what so i did so i did stand up for the first time on my birthday because i was like oh, i'm gonna just do it i'm gonna bring all my friends it's gonna be cool 
Which, I brought all my friends. Like to a open mic or to, to a, a show? To a, like a bringer show. I just signed I up looked for a bringer up, show. signed up. We told many people. I think it was, it was a club in like Times Square. Okay. Or something. Yeah. Because it was like, I bought all the people and everybody came because it was like, oh, it's your, your birthday, birthday party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was awesome. But of course it was. It was my birthday. Mm-hmm. And then after that, like I went to like a couple mics, but I would go to a mic like once every two months. Mm-hmm. Like I just show up and be like nervous and sweating and like trying to memorize stuff and write things on my hand. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it wasn't fun. Yeah. It was hard. Mm-hmm. So I like didn't do it for a while and then was in LA for a year, did some stand up out there, but I would come back to New York and people would put me up. Okay. And I was like, what? How am I getting more shows here than I am in LA? Well, you, we all know why. Well, yes. Anyway, I mean, and I didn't have a car when I was out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, uh, I, that was five years. It's been five years. Mm-hmm. And that's and so it just what happened organically. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Is that magic? Did you believe them when they told you that in high school? Like, that was funny. Yeah. Not that you were funny, but like, you should be a comedian. No. I didn't because if I did I would have probably started right there I'd be Nico White like I would be yeah but you know what and Nico's great and I need to have him on this podcast um but I believe that life experiences make you a better comic. I agree because think about would you what would you be talking about at 1920 literally nothing that you could keep nothing nothing useful yeah nothing that would have turned into anything because I thought about the two I, I didn't start to 28 29 mm-hmm. and I was like, oh man, I, like when I was going to Mike, I'm like, damn, I wish I started earlier. These people are like 22, 23. <laughs> but then those same people are still telling the same kind of joke. Like, the, mm-hmm. you know, because like, they, because you, I think what happens is you have in your mind what you think a comic should be or what a joke should be. And then you end up stuck. Stuck. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I see people when I started five years ago, I would see people last year who were still doing the same stuff that mm-hmm. I saw them doing when I started. Yeah. Or like just you see comics that you you can tell that they haven't experienced anything because their comedy is so like basic one dimensional Mm -hmm. and boring. Yeah. Right. So what is your approach to your material? Um, I'm a storyteller. So most of my comedy is in story form. Right. So I am like exaggerating about something that I actually experienced or something that somebody else told me um i don't talk about my like i don't reveal personal information about myself Mm -hmm. but people don't realize that because i talk in a way that like they think they know me yeah right that's something that you do that you're mindful of oh yeah i mean that's just how i am when i talk to people in general like my friends don't know my business why is that why is that i don't know you talked about being closed yeah i talked about being close i talked about saying no but i just i come my that's how like i was just brought up like my family doesn't we don't talk to each other that way like we're not mm-hmm. like i i think my dad apologized to my sister the other day and i have never heard my dad apologize to anybody was it something that happened in that moment or from like years past no he apologized? he apologized to her about like something that like he was like oh i'm sorry i made a mistake and it was like real simple it was something like real casual and it was like huge at the same time it was Mm -hmm. like what you're sorry for like something dumb like he he jumped off at the wrong stop or something at the train and like something something missing but like crazy and so that resonated with you that much oh my god that day it was like what but anyway so i come from a family where we we're not we're not very open people and you're haitian american yeah so my mom and dad are from haiti so you're first generation yeah yeah so they just are very stoic people yeah. and they taught you and your siblings to be that way. Yeah. They're like, my parents are like not affectionate people. They're not like, they're not emotional in that. Like mm-hmm. we gonna sit and have heart to heart. Mm-hmm. If they're angry, you know they, that they're mad. And if they're happy, you know that they're happy, but it's not like it's, it, we didn't grow up in like a full house house or a family matters house. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like a, a heart to heart and then like a hug at the end yeah of a, you know what i mean but as you get older do you do you see yourself being like okay i'm gonna be the the little bit of change to kind of because like i remember a couple years ago i believe a friend of mine had a lost a parent a friend of mine mm-hmm. a close friend of mine two close friends of mine lost their parent mm-hmm. and i made a conscious decision that from that moment on whenever i talk to my family i'm gonna say i love you when i get off the phone because i just didn't know 
if that would be the last time I talk. Yeah, to but them. I don't even come from an I love you house. Like we don't even I know, talk but, like that at my house. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like I was the catalyst. I was the one that was like, no, 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 I'm going to say I love you to my parents or like give them a hug when I leave. I don't know. When people say I love you to me on the phone, I'd be like, all right, bye. And then I hang up real quick. And then I, sometimes I turn my phone off. I'm like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm saying that I feel like at first it feels weird. It feels weird. It mm-hmm. does. I, and it felt weird for me. But as you get to say it more often, then it's less of a big thing and just more of a fact. It's, it's less of a like grandiose statement. It's like, no, I do love you. I love my parents. I love my siblings. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. I'm just saying as you get older, I think you kind of have to I think what's happening for me is as I get older, I get, and then I see, because I see my parents less, because mm-hmm. I'm busy. So as I get older, whenever I see my parents, I realize just how old they look. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh my God, my parents are like getting old. Mm-hmm. Like, they've had the same face to me for like 20 years. Yeah. So now when I see them, I'll be like, oh my God, like, I see like the wrinkles. I see mm-hmm. like how little my parents look to me now. And it's like... So I, I'm more aware now than I've ever been that my parents are not going to be around yeah. forever, which is crazy. Which is why you may want to, you know. <sighs> I'm going to think about it. I'm going to consider. I'm going to whisper it into the phone. Luster, you. Yeah. <laughs> or when you see them, just give them a hug goodbye and kiss on the cheek. Oh, know? always. I mean, that's, I don't know if like regular black folks do this, but like Haitians, you got to greet every old person, every adult in the room before you leave a place and then when you arrive mm-hmm. so like i have like i've i'm used to just hugging a kiss mm-hmm. when i see him and then hugging a kiss when i leave yeah except for my dad will just be like bye and he'll like wave that from means a moving don't come car. over yeah bye <laughs> <laughs> isn't that yeah that is weird like when you see your your parents getting older right and you and you go when you go home and then you start seeing like how they're living and you're just like fuck yeah i, I gotta help y'all a yeah. little bit i mean my brother is still there so like i mean he's also not helping at all he's your older brother yeah so uh-huh. my older brother he does like a lot of voiceover work he's an actor he's making good money he also has like zero desire to like like leave the <laughs> nest like he's and like they're not pushing him out no my brother like we call him precious you remember did you see lord of the ring yes we call him precious because like he was like so precious to them like my brother could do he's the only boy no wrong only boy and the oldest so like just Whatever he wants, he does. I know. I think that that annoys me when I see how parents are with their daughters versus their boys. Yeah. Even my brother. My brother's younger than me, and he's. But my, I will say this: my brother's very good. He's a good kid. Like he's not like a fuck up, and they just let him slide. He's a good kid. He doesn't ask for much. He's you know, for a college student, he's mostly independent. You know, yeah. like he he has off campus apartment. He pays rent. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So he's self sufficient. But then like my mom would be like. So I bought you some gloves. And I'm like, why are you buying them gloves? You don't need to buy no gloves. I'm just saying, I just saw them on sale. And you know, he needs, he also needs shoes. How you know he needs shoes? I just feel like, because I bought his last pair. I know he's about to do for some shoes. And I'm like, uh, see, see, my mom's not down. buying shoes and stuff for my brother. But my mother will buy some gloves. Yeah. My mother will be like, I saw this and picked it up for you. Like, yeah. my mother was that. Yes. Yeah. Um, but like, I remember when I was, I wanted to learn how to drive. We're only a year apart and my brother took driver's ed in school and all that. And I was like, oh, I want to let her drive too. And my dad was like, ask your mother. And I was like, why? And he was, I was like, you're teaching him how to drive. Teach me too. And he's like, he's a boy. Ask your mom. And I was like, I feel like that's just something that you made up. Yeah. Like you just made, you pulled that out your ass. Like he wanted your mom to teach you how to drive? I, so I had to speak to my mom and my mom was like, well, you're not ready. And I was like, am I? Because I learned how to read before my brother did. Like, <laughs> We learned everything at the yeah. same time because yeah. my mom was like, well, they both, mm-hmm. she's smart and he's slow. So like, mm-hmm. they just gonna know everything at the same time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like they just, my mom was like, you're not ready. Or, at, or she'd send me back to my dad and he was like, your mom got to teach you how to drive because you're a girl. So do you know how to drive? I do. And I got my license and my dad is the one who taught me how to drive. Uh-huh. But I didn't get my license until I graduated from college. Oh. So I was a cool 21. Yeah, I got my license at 23. I failed it the first time and I got it the second time. And I paid for myself to go take driving lessons. But I think maybe it was like, because also when I got my, les- my my license, 
as soon as I got it, I was driving my dad. My dad had a big ass Tahoe. So oh. I was whipping around the city in the Tahoe. And I was definitely going to the dude that I was dealing with for seven years. I was going to his house. In the Tahoe? And the How ta- do you park a Tahoe in you New York City? You figure that shit out. You, a would, big ass, long ass truck. I was parking it. I was parking it. Oh my God. And um, and I think my dad, like when he realized that I was like creeping in his car, he was like, as a young woman, you shouldn't be out here sleeping around. And I was like, I'm ground. Well, where did your dad think you were going? Can I get the keys again? I don't know. He didn't care. I mean, he just, he just didn't. I'm his daughter. You know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. feel like it, when you give a girl a car, you give her her independence. And, yeah. and they, they're less inclined to want us to want, have that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so crazy. But, yeah, I got my license. I passed it the first time. Mm-hmm. Me and my, and my brother dropped me off because I used his car. And because that's the only car I knew how to parallel park in. Yeah. That's the only car that I learned how to do that. And uh, like I learned how to drive my dad's truck and then learned how to park in my brother's car. So I uh, I come out and it's all like 16 and 17 year olds trying to get their like junior oh, permit or whatever. Yeah. And here's my grown ass. I got it. I'm like, I did it. We, we won. And everyone's like, they look so, but we look young too. So they were like, maybe she's, you know, yeah, 18. I was a cool 21. <laughs> oh, I, was, I think I was 22 even. And I don't drive. No, I haven't driven a car in four years. Really? Yeah. You don't want to? I don't have a car to one. Yeah. And then two, wasn't that good a driver in the first place. Mm. Right. And then like, I don't, I can't drive in the city. I'm terrified. Oh, I'm like, I'm not, a, I'm not an aggressive driver and I'm all like somebody who doesn't drive enough that like in my mind when I'm driving, I'm taking up the whole road because okay. in my mind, the car is that huge. Big. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least you know how to drive. At least you, if you were forced to. If I was you forced would to, I could drive. Figure it. Yeah, I'm yeah, probably yeah. killing everybody in front of the car and well, in the car. You probably won't need to, you won't be forced to until like something catastrophic happens. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. those end of the world movies where yeah, you just yeah, find yeah, the yeah, keys yeah. in the car. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You got to go off road because the zombies are attacking. Whatever. Like nobody is staying in the lines when that happens. <laughs> yeah, that's when I'm going to do it again. <laughs> So, Marie, let's wrap this up. Um, I asked everybody the same question at the end. What makes you a social misfit? What makes me a social misfit? In terms of, like, my social media or just in general? In general. Um, I don't know. I feel like, uh, I feel like my size and my... Okay, so two things. I feel like I'm small, right? I'm skinny and I'm short. So people expect me to act a certain way. But in my mind, I'm the same size as everybody else. Does that make sense? I have a really big sense of self. Like the chihuahua mentality. Yeah, but it's not that I'm like barking because I'm a little dog and I I want people to think I'm big. I just assume that we're all the same size. Like I'll talk to people and they'll be like, oh, I'm 6'1". And I'm like, really? What? I thought that we were, I thought we were the same size. <laughs> like that's, I just carry myself real, real big. Um, so I think I'm a social misfit because I just, I just, I think differently than most mm-hmm. people, right? I think I'm bigger than you. I feel like I'm more important than you. I'm not, I'm less emotional than you are because mm-hmm. that's just how I was brought up. And so sometimes I'm mean, but you said I'm sometimes you're mean, mean. Yeah. Do you, you don't think you're mean though? Or I think know, that I can be mean, but okay. I don't think I'm a mean person. Like, you don't think your intent is mean. Like, you're not waking up like, I'm about to say some mean shit today. I mean, some days I do wake up and say that. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> in general, I'm just having a good time. And, like, if everybody's laughing and we just happen to be making fun of you, it's not me trying to be mean. I'm mm-hmm. just having fun. Okay. Who? How often do you get your feelings hurt? Mm, I don't know. Maybe, like, once a day. I just, I feel like, like I... A pain, like a pang, like a pang. Oh, like a, a pain? No. No, I just, I, I be in my feelings sometimes because I'm, like, I'm, I'm emotional in that way. Like, I be, I'm sensitive. Mm-hmm. Like, I be like, oh, what's that? Mm-hmm. They, like, they, they, they coming for me? Like, I see things when there's nothing yeah. there. Yeah. So I'm sensitive in that way. Uh, Like a pain? I don't know, maybe once a week? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not even that. Like, something will happen. Usually it's my family that, that is hurting my feelings. Yeah. And then we all lash out at each other and we won't talk for a couple of days. Got it. Boom. Yeah. Um, Sydney, are you laughing in response to this? Okay. Sydney's in the back just cracking up. Well, Sydney was here when me and my sister would argue about really dumb stuff. Uh, we would both be in our feelings. You and your sister? Yeah. You're very close too. Yeah. Well, she, her and Sydney are the two people who piss me off faster than anybody else in the world. Because <laughs> like you can. 
they'll say something and they'll be like, what? Because you care about what they have to say. Mm, not always. Okay. I don't always care about she what she has to say. Okay. She, I, exactly. She's shaking her head because I don't always care about what she has to say. Okay, got it. But you, have, but you do have emotions. Oh, yeah. And there are people who can push your buttons. Oh, yeah. Okay, got it, got it. Okay, got it. I, didn't, I just want to make sure that you weren't all the way cold and dead inside. Oh, you thought I was Beyonce? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, beehive. <laughs> she just, she's a robot is all I'm saying. She's definitely a robot, but she's along the lines of like old Hollywood robot. You know what I'm saying? Like where they take out all your original thought and personality and fill you in with what they need you to be in order to be successful. So she's made yes. that trade. Yes. Well, remember she like a couple years ago, she fell down the stairs and then just kept dancing. Jumped up like nothing happened. Like didn't even miss a beat. No. And then a couple years ago, her weave got caught in her fan. Yeah. And she just kept singing while they're yanking the yeah. weave out. And it was like, sis, like. You know, have an Adele moment and like laugh this off. No, that's not going to happen. No. That just forces her to perform harder because she failed. She failed and she's going to keep going. But that's sometimes how it has to be. It has to be because people are not going to remember. They're not going to remember the recovery. They're going to remember the failure. Remember, she, she stumbled at the Super Bowl. Yeah, but if she was somebody who laughed something like that off, it would make her more likable, I think, to me. No, she's, she's an amazing she's, performer. She's selling fierceness. She's selling. She's selling fierceness. She's selling feminine power. She's indestructible. That's what she's selling. Mm. She's not selling humanity. Well, that's not maybe what she's. she's selling. Maybe that's why the. Okay, you know what? I don't have time to get into this whole Beyonce thing with you because <laughs> I got. Oh no no no! Don't 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 get it twisted. I'm not like a super super hard Beyonce. I respect her work, mm -hmm. but I'm not like you know swimming in the nectar you're not drinking the lemonade the, no 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 definitely not well <laughs> uh let us know where we can find you uh on uh, my podcast the unofficial expert that's on itunes chloe has been on it um or on instagram my instagram is reezy r-e-e-e-z-y -E -E that's three e's and then like you can find me on twitter to see me talk about more alleged threesomes and you will have a website up by the time that this drops yes i will because i will be telling probably going to be mariefoston.com perfect or something like that you know we'll I figure don't, it out we'll figure it out okay. but uh thank you for having me thank you for doing it i appreciate it thank you guys for listening and make sure to like comment share and join my mailing list take care bye, -bye. bye.